Thank you, Ben. Um, and good morning, everyone. Um, please consider yourself honoured that I've just taken my gloves off. It's really cold in the St Bart's building today, but um, yes, I've ventured with, without the gloves for um, this morning's sermon. Uh, so today is the last week in our series on building blocks of discipleship, different dimensions of following Jesus. And over the past six weeks, it's been great to hear from different members of our church family talking about these different dimensions or aspects of discipleship. Following the God who made us and who speaks to us. Following the God who, if truth be told, we sometimes don't want. But who reveals himself through history, through the Old Testament, through the person of Jesus, the God who is one of us and who is still with us and in us today. And today my task in uh, bringing this series to an end is to talk specifically about following the God who calls us and exploring some questions about mission and discipleship. I'm just gonna grab my little clicker here because if you're the kind of person who wants to know where a sermon is heading, and maybe specifically how far from the end we are. Um, these are the three questions that we're going to be looking at together this morning. First of all, exploring who does mission. Secondly, thinking about how we can get involved in mission. And thirdly, thinking about what holds us back. And we're going to come on to that um, reading and story um, that both Ben and Vicky shared in a moment. Um, but to begin, I just want us to think for a little bit about some of the ways that word mission is used in the world around us, and especially in the world of film. Now, I dread to think how many different films me and my family have watched over the past year whilst we found ourselves at home more than usual. But I'd, um, I dare to guess that a large proportion of those films have been about characters on some form of mission. To illustrate this point, I've chosen a picture of the film The Incredibles, but I could have easily chosen a picture of hobbits or Jedis or secret agents or all manner of different characters on a mission. Because so many of the different films we watch and stories we read are about characters, people, animals, um, superheroes on some form of mission or quest. And I love watching films like this, but I don't think we should base our understanding of mission around them, because that would lend us to lead us to thinking that we're the centre of the story, that the story is all about us, and that we're somehow called to be heroes or superheroes. And I don't think that's right. Because if we turn to our Bibles, we'll, we find that we're not the centre of the story. The story of the Bible is first and foremost a story about God and about his mission in the world. So if I had to answer that um, first question, who does mission, in just one word, my answer beyond a shadow of a doubt would be God. It's God who does mission. And if I was given just a few more words to um, expand upon that, um, that, that question, 
I'd share this little diagram which summarises in just very outline form something of an outline shape of what the mission of God is all about. It's a story that begins with creation when God made the heavens and the earth. But things then go badly wrong, which is sometimes called the fall, because we humans seem to have this self-destructive tendency to muck things up. And I guess the rest of the story is all about God's mission and plan to put things right. That begins with the calling of um, Israel, the people of God in the Old Testament. But the real game-changing moment of the story in God's mission comes with the arrival and the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, as Will particularly was talking about last week. But even then, even with the resurrection of Jesus, the story isn't finished. And I guess the ultimate purpose, the ultimate goal of the story is summed up by those three words at the end of the arrow, all things new which are words taken from Revelation chapter 21, where we hear the resurrected and ascended Jesus, who is now seated on the throne, declaring, I am making everything new. Making everything new. That for me is a um, beautiful summary of what the mission of God is all about. Renewing, restoring and reconciling to himself a broken and hurting world. But I don't know if you noticed in that whistle-stop summary, I missed out one part of the story. I didn't say anything about the church. And I think to say nothing about the church when talking about mission would be a big mistake. You might even say it was a big omission. Sorry, terrible, terrible dad joke there. I got some laughter. I got some applause in there. Thank you. Thank you very much. My work is done. Um, where was I? Oh, yes. <laughs> because God's story doesn't jump straight from the resurrection to the renewal of all things. God invites the followers of Jesus, or the church as we're sometimes called, to play a part in the unfolding story as well. And I guess that's where this morning's reading from Matthew 28 comes in. As Jesus comes to the end of his earthly ministry, um, he gathers those, um, that small group of first disciples around them and invites them to play a part in continuing the work that he begun. Go and make disciples of all nations. And I guess there's all manner of things that I could say about that wonderful passage. But for now, I just want to focus primarily on one main thing, which is that sometimes when we hear that command, it's easy to imagine that Jesus is saying, I'm off now, I've done my bit, my work is done, it's over to you now. But notice how that instruction to go is sandwiched in between two reminders that the mission is still ultimately God's mission. Before Jesus asks his disciples to do anything, he tells them that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And then after he's commissioned them, after he's given them the task, he gives them a promise, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
two reminders that although the disciples of Jesus are invited to join in with the mission of God, it's still ultimately God's mission. So the next question I want us to briefly look at is the question, how then can we get involved? How can we join in with the mission of God in the world? And the short, answer to that, the short answer to that question is there are all manner of different ways we can join in with God's mission. One of the things that we've been trying to do and look at as a church and as a PCC in recent months is think about who are the different people we know who are involved in mission elsewhere in this country and around the world, who we want to support and get behind, both through offering prayer and through financial support. And I'm really, really excited and pleased that a little later in the service, we're going to be hearing about some of the work that Ian and Sarah are involved in. Ian and Sarah, who used to be members of our church family and are involved in some absolutely amazing work, helping to fulfil that task of making disciples of all nations. But, you know, sometimes it's easy for us to end up thinking that mission is only about the kind of things that missionaries or other people involved in full-time Christian ministry to do. And in the nicest possible way, that idea is absolutely rubbish because God invites us all to play a part in his ongoing mission in the world. Another thing that I want to kind of clear up is the idea that mission is only about telling people about Jesus or evangelism, as it's sometimes called. Now, don't get me wrong, I think evangelism is incredibly important. Indeed, I work for an organisation, um, Church Army, um, who are absolutely passionate about evangelism. And for me, it's a real privilege to work alongside many gifted and passionate evangelists, including many people who we know as a church family, including Deb Battersby and Kinder and Gina. Um, so a big shout out to any Church Army evangelists who happen to be listening this morning. Um, but you'll remember from what I shared earlier that God's ultimate vision, God's ultimate intention for creation is to make all things new. And that's an incredibly big and broad and all-encompassing vision. And because that's such a huge vision, there are all manner of different ways in which we can join in with God's mission in the world. To illustrate this, I want to just briefly talk about um, something called the Five Marks of Mission, which is um, something which a group of kind of church leaders from all manner of different parts of the world have sort of come up with to illustrate and unpack some of those different ways in which we have the privilege of joining in with God's mission in the world. Um, if you want to know more about the five marks of mission, you can obviously Google them and find out more. But just here's a brief sneak preview. And really, as I'm talking about these five words, can I just be, encourage you to be prayerfully listening and to just try to be noticing whether there's perhaps one of these five words that seems to especially strike a chord with you and to be calling for your attention. So firstly, we can um, join in in God's mission by proclaiming the good news about Jesus and his kingdom, by being prepared to speak about him and his good news whenever we get the opportunity. 
But this morning's reading also reminds us that we can get to join in by teaching and by nurturing and bringing on in faith new believers. Um, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Another way we can get involved is by responding to human need through loving service, reaching out to the lonely, sharing, sharing our food with the hungry, sharing our faith through actions as well as words. The next dimension of mission is all about seeking to change or transform the things and the situations in the world which aren't right or which are unjust because God's kingdom is a kingdom of justice. And then finally, we can anticipate and look forward to that day when God will come and put everything right and make all things new by seeking to safeguard and treasure and protect this wonderful yet broken world that he's given us to live in. I don't know what you make of that list, but it probably sounds like quite a lot, because it is quite a lot. And I think when we hear lists like that, it's really important that we hear them not as a list of all the things that we should do, but as a list, as a vision of something of the, vi- of the vision and the mission of God, and reminding ourselves that actually, ultimately, these things are his, are his mission, his purposes. And yet each of us is called to play a part in that. Over the past week or so, me and my wife Jill have been thinking and praying about whether there's perhaps um, one of those five um, dimensions of mission that God might be calling us to particularly and more intentionally engage in during the season of Lent. Um, And so on that note, I was just really encouraged and delighted um, by Lucy's video about encouraging us all to think about engaging in this Lent calendar of 40 days of kindness and the thought that this might be a journey that we together go on as a church family. Um, And I think that my Jill might be posting in the church WhatsApp group one or two follow on thoughts to that in due course. So really looking forward to continuing the conversation together. But before I finish, I just want to briefly address one more question, which is what holds us back? Because all this talk about mission and God's mission and five marks of mission is is all well and good. But if we're honest with ourselves, there's all manner of things in daily life which make it really, really hard and tricky for us to join in with God's mission. And we need to be real and honest about that. Here I've summarised just three things which I think sometimes hold us back, which rather conveniently all begin with C. Uh, Clarity, capacity and confidence. Sometimes I think we lack clarity. We find it difficult to see through the fog fog and know what specifically God is calling us to do. And for me, I think that's particularly tricky at times like this when we're living through an international pandemic and our whole world has been turned upside down. Sometimes we also struggle with capacity. I guess that many of us are juggling multiple responsibilities and commitments at the moment, whether it's responsibilities at work or at home or family responsibilities or caring commitments. 
And in this context, I think it's incredibly easy to feel that we simply don't have the capacity to engage with anything more than simply getting through each day. And finally, I think we also sometimes struggle with confidence. That sense of, I can't do it. I'm just no good at this. What on earth do I have to offer? There's all manner of things that hold us back, but looking through scripture, I find it comforting that we're not alone in struggling with all these things. In that reading from Matthew 28, we hear that when Jesus called together the, those 11 disciples on the mountain, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And as I've been preparing this week, I was also reminded of the story of Moses, which Davo talked to us about a few weeks ago. And in that story, there's a bit where Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Am I good enough? I think we all struggle with those who am I, am I good enough questions. But I love the way that God responds to that question. God answers Moses by saying, I will be with you. And then a little later on, he says to him, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me. And just as I was praying in preparation for the day, I just sensed that maybe that phrase, I am has sent me, might be something that might be particularly important for some of us to hold on to at these times. Yes, life is pretty tough at the moment, and it is really hard to see through the fog and think about anything more than simply getting by. But God is a God who calls and sends and promises to go with us. So let's pray that we'll be able to hear his call and have the courage to respond. Amen.